Marriage is exciting and fun and challenging. And Amy is excited to be married to me, right, Amy? Amen, Brother Ben. <laughs> so, in this session, we're going to talk about kingdom marriage. Welcome back to the Disciple Nations podcast. I'm here with Sam McVeigh, and this is our first podcast with a spouse. Woohoo! And so, Amy McVeigh's here with. Her spouse, Sam. Yes, Amy. <laughs> we'd be in trouble. We'd be in trouble if we introduced somebody else. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, this episode, we we're talking about kingdom marriage, and uh, you know, we, we'll dive into the scripture here shortly. But uh, Paul calls it a profound mystery. Yes. And that's uh, yeah. But he also calls it difficult. <laughs> right. What scripture is that? Yeah. It's, uh, it's there. <laughs> there's, there's a few, Yeah, that's but right. yeah. So really excited to, to yep. dive into this. I think this is going to be great. I'm actually, um, excited to hear what you guys have to say about it. Mm. I've been married for almost four years in June. Four. Nice. Yeah. Pretty wild. I can't believe it's been that long. That's great. That's <laughs> so, great. Yeah. So just to start us off, uh, I want you guys to kind of tell me a little bit of your story, like how you met. And I'm just going to prophesy that part of the story is going to have to do with Amy's red hair and glory. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, yes, so. that's right. Memory burn. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have been married um, coming up on 30 years. It'd be 29 in June, June 10th. See, I nice remember job. that. Yep. And um, we, uh, we met um, in 1988. Yeah, Southwest Baptist University in uh, just north of Bolivar, a little Baptist university there. And so it was my Where's senior this? year. So, so it's uh, Bolivar, Missouri. It's north oh, of Missouri, Springfield. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, in Missouri. And so uh, I was there uh, finishing my, doing my senior year, and Amy came in as a sophomore. Yep. Were coming, you a s- coming in as a sophomore on a great, huge running scholarship? Yeah, she was so athletic. Oh and wow! So, that's yeah, great. she was kind of a track star in high school. And so, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, she was. Re- so we were, we just kept, uh, we, we, we met each other actually in some controversy through my, uh, girlfriend. Uh, I just realized this might boy. be, yeah, here it goes. Know, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. So I'm dating this girl who's ministering to Amy. Yeah. And so then I took up the banner and began to minister to Amy. So there you go. Yeah, there was, it was the a, way to do it. on our little, uh, Baptist, uh, university. It was a bit of controversy, but I had, we had, uh, me and this girl had been together and broke up a few times. And so we were in breakup. I felt clean in my conscience about that. And Amy and I began to hang out. I remember the first time I saw Amy, this is what you might refer to in the white sweatpants and the red hair and memory burn. And so <laughs> it was right. awesome. So I have my own memory burn of Sam Uh-oh. and that's I when, wanted to hear the, I wanted to hear your yeah, part. Yeah. The first time I remember seeing him, this is before we started hanging out. He was walking up to the dorm and, you know, Sam, he has a certain swagger of happiness and he just looked so happy and so full of joy walking up and a little bit, you know, possibly full of himself, but, oh, oh, that hurt. but it caught, he caught my eye. Yeah. I, I'm pigeon toed by the way, is where the swagger comes from. And I'd probably just eaten some Twinkies. I was really yeah, happy. Hit, hit your knee real good on the yeah. desk before well, you, right, right. He, was, right. he was heading to the girl's dorm, which yes, I think well, was normal. To pray. Yeah. To pray, yeah, to minister, yeah. So, <laughs> oh Lord, send me a wife. <laughs> yeah, that right, kind of prayer, right? Right. right. Yeah. So we met, and uh, there's all kinds of stories to it. But we basically started um, dating in January of 1989. We were engaged by March. We were married in June, and we were pregnant with our first kid in August. And you have how many kids now? Nine. We've Nine. never had an anniversary without a kid there. 
Samuel came like two wow. weeks for our first anniversary. Yeah. And we just started pumping out kids and, <laughs> and yeah, just a quiver full of arrows, right? Yeah, a gift yeah. the, from the Lord. Yeah. So here we are and it's been, it's been a, a great journey and had its challenges, but you know, 30 years in we're, we're not amateurs anymore. Yeah. Amy, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Name all of your children in order as fast as you can. Nice. Samuel, Stephen, Jesse, Faith, Grace, Mercy, Glory, Patience, Joshua. That's pretty I'm good. I'm not sure I could have done that. That was awesome. But she did birth them all. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And I talk to them all occasionally. And she talks to them and stuff. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. You guys are uh, a power couple in the kingdom. You really are. Mother oh. and father oh. to many spiritual children. Amy, I, I just see your love for women and for people. And so... Yeah, you guys are you guys are phenomenal. Thank oh, you thanks, for what Jason. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a privilege. Yeah. So we we uh, we wanted to kind of share in this about kingdom marriage. Uh, we want to take a podcast and and take some time and talk about this. We it's an exhaustive subject, but we're going to try to hit on some highlights as we go. And so if we could start at Ephesians five. Is that okay? We can, but let me let me Ooh. ask you to do something before we okay. dive in. Okay. Um, and I. So one time Joel Potter was on the Salty Dogs podcast mm. and, and his topic was the simple gospel. And so he put this adjective to the gospel. And so now you're putting this, this uh, qualifier yes. term kingdom yeah. in front of marriage. So then just kind of talk about why you're saying kingdom marriage as opposed to just marriage. Yeah, because I think the earth can define um, marriage, Hollywood in a way. Would we say that? Yeah. And so we have tried to run by a different set of values from heaven because of our conversion. We both came in, were centered in Jesus at the beginning yep. and love the kingdom of God. And so those kingdom values have filled Yeah, I just over. think it's important that there's a, a uh, hard line differentiator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. In, in talking about this. Yeah. 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 And I might just add in, you know, our very beginnings, I would say Sam and I both came from sort of messy Hollywood-esque relationships before and when we came together that kingdom was being more established in our hearts where it was a natural beginning to start with that clarity with each other and that Mm -hmm. was a gift I think yeah Yeah. that's huge yeah we wish we could rewind and had thought about it and done it different uh our pre but hey the lord's redemption and grace so god can catch us wherever we are yeah Yeah. amen okay great yeah, good. So uh, Ephesians chapter five, uh, we want to start there. Um, there's a passage where Paul is talking about uh, wives and husbands in this amazing book. So it starts in verse uh, 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, um, as Christ is the head of the church. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. But that's not all. Husbands, love your wives as Christ. That sounds like more than one. But husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. So verse 31 is then, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, be united his wife, the two will become one flesh. And then here's our verse. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. And so we 
are inspired by that because of the revelatory, talk about a kingdom marriage. It's Paul saying here that it's more than just the man and the woman. There are dynamics involved uh, with submission and love and washing each other with the word, all that kind of stuff. But this, this is a pretty profound statement in 32, no pun intended, a profound mystery that there's something underlying man and woman. Uh, he is as Christ and she is as the church. So this is quoted, verse 31, for this reason a man will leave from, um, from Genesis 2. So back in the very beginning here, we've got uh, the Lord has made Adam, as we'll remember, and there's all the animals he's naming and doing all that. And then it'll say, is it in verse here, um, for Adam, uh, for, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found in verse 20. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had, he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to man. The, the man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman, for, he, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they'll become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Moving on. So uh, basically, this uh, it, this shows the beginning of this where Adam, out from Adam, you know, we really have a gospel story here. Not that it's hard. Right. It's like our G Jesus hermeneutic, you know. Yes. We've got uh, when the Lord wants to get a partner for Adam, lays him down as like Christ's death, pulls out of his side this bone, closes it up, raises him up like resurrection, and makes the woman. And then we have Adam and Eve or a picture of Christ in the church. The church, yeah. Beautiful. You're the, you're the first person that I've ever heard break that down like that really yeah well good you're welcome it's so so good. it's so good yeah <laughs> but it lays out this thing and that's what paul saw you know paul saw mm -hmm. that and began to relate that in ephesians and it puts uh, something larger um on the relationship of man and woman than just we want to try to not break up we want to try to survive this thing called marriage it basically adds the dimension of we're bearing a testimony a testimony of the exactly. eternal yep, yep. bride and bridegroom which is where the book of revelation will end up mm -hmm. it's a glorious thing so that being the undergirding desire or revelation that determines how we kind of think about marriage right and that always reminds me so you say that there's that element of testimony in our marriage. And so when I officiate weddings, I always mm. talk about that, how you're the marriage between the couple, it serves the purpose to preach and portray yes, Christ. That's good. Right. And that's, that's the purpose. But then Jesus, even when he says um, at the resurrection, there's, or in heaven, no one's given in marriage. Right. And right. so it's, as if when the time of proclaiming the gospel has come to an end, right. then there's no need for an image of marriage to proclaim the gospel. Because it'll be here. Yeah. That's right. really because good. Because it's been yeah. fulfilled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So in a way, all of our marriages are prophetic types. Is that what we're saying? Possibly. Of the eternal, <laughs> absolute reality. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, Of yeah. what's coming, what's yeah. coming. We're almost proclaiming the great marriage through our relationships. Yeah. So that becomes kind of a pretty powerful thing. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. We need to walk through and again, are doing more than just surviving. We want to transcend that and bear this testimony. So 
we love it. We, yes. Yeah. Um, just hearing you talk about that, I feel like um, the Lord keeps using the word um, um, submitting to his forms so that his life can can flow through. And I think um, there's such a gift in submitting to the form of how he's made marriage, how he's made man, how he's made woman, not so man is over woman or woman is, um, you know, what, you know what I'm trying to say, but when we submit to that, then his, his life can flow through us. It's a, it's a, it's a gift for me to know my place with you. So therefore I can serve you and you to know your place with me. And we know who Christ is. And you know, that's our number one form, right? We're coming under him. And then I may come under you and as a head and we'll talk about that, but that is just a gift for me for you to serve me so that who I am can come fully out the way he's planned. Yeah, and so that makes it and transcends this this trouble the world has with this issue of submission and and um, um, pl- place within the marriage. Mm-hmm. It's not about who's better, who's stronger, who's smarter. It's about the testimony, Christ yeah. and the church, because right. he is definitely distinct and the church distinct. Right. I, right. I, I think what I was hearing Amy say is that the more that I submit to my role as a husband and submit to the commandment of scripture to love her the way that Christ loved the church, mm. the fuller of an image of the gospel I portray, That's good. the more obedient that I am That's to my really role good. in marriage. That's good. Right. And you get to experience that life. Mm. Uh, you know. Yes. And yeah. as we do that, I think we partake in the sufferings of Jesus. Yes. <laughs> That's right, because we're doing it with fallen people. Uh-huh. We're a fallen, and they're fallen. We're all. We're not yet as what we will be, and so there's ache and pain and groan. Yeah, yes. Which is what <laughs> Jesus is experiencing with his church. Always when I'm talking to guys or gals about marriage, I'm like, who do you think suffering the most? <laughs> I mean, he, look, he has to deal with me alone, but then multiply that by a billion, you know. And yeah. here it is, he's dealing with this church and all her issues, mm-hmm. and so I think it, yeah, it empowers them. But but also not to paint marriage in such a in such a um, ter- in such turmoil or sure. suffering. Sure, but we get a firsthand firsthand experience of relationship with an individual with unconditional love at the center, which is right. what Christ is for us. So when my wife loves me unconditionally, mm-hmm. it, it gives me an image of, of Christ, the way that Christ loves me. And I'm like, that's what that's like. And when Amen. she gives you opportunity to love her unconditionally, right. yep. you get to enter into, it's not mm-hmm. like you're just trying to get put up with that. You get to enter into something really deep in the grace of God and the love of God. Yeah. It's powerful beautiful stuff. So when in, in weddings, speaking of that or marriage counseling, I'll often talk about, uh, uh something that we believe in strongly spirit, soul, body, the three parts of man. And when they're, when a, a man and a woman are coming together, that I want them to be aware of those three parts that spiritually, that they're brothers and sisters eternally forever connected in Christ. And there's a spiritual relationship. And then there's the souls, the mind, will, and emotion that we're getting to know each other in our personalities. You know what I mean? And we, we have friendship and partnership and fellowship. And then there's our bodies. And then there's that physical part, that relationship that, that happens after marriage and covenant that is the sexuality of the relationship. And so those three things, having those in balance and remembering them, because sometimes you can get lost in and just work on one of them, you know, and really all right. three are happening. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we try to, yeah, if you can get that and put them in those order, spirit, soul, then body, if that yeah. would happen, it would set us free. And each of us, um, it, being in that spirit place with the Lord first yes. and not, um, I, I, I have too often had the tendency to try and lean on Sam for being that, that strong leader. I would just hear his word and that would be as if the Lord had said it. And mm. while there, yeah. there's a place for that submission, I, it's, I think it's so important that we all own that place, mm. me and the Lord first and then he has brought Sam to me and we can communicate in that. But if we're not each having that and owning that, I'm not a suitable helper to him. And vice right. versa. I think, I think mm. one of the, the most powerful things, I mean, I've heard Sam say a lot of, of really powerful things. Um, but something that just kept me to the core one night, uh, was at new life equip and you were, you weren't even teaching on, on marriage. That wasn't the purpose, but you'd spoke something about not making your partner, your everything and expecting them to be your Christ and, and right. be your total fulfillment. And at that point in time, I just like, you know, what, I can't remember the scripture where it says and his countenance fell. Maybe it was Saul. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was as if my countenance fell. And mm. I just like in my spirit, I just kind of like put my head down and I was like, wow, yeah. what have I been, what kind of pressure have I been putting my spouse under right. to be that for me? Our hearts are made yeah. to be filled with God himself, to his love, his Holy Spirit. And then we start trying to get that out of our spouse. You know, we try to make them our Holy Spirit to fulfill things that only God can fulfill. And so, yeah, that's what we were talking about. It's just trying to set each other free. And we still, all the believers do that in a lot of ways, but we do that in marriage quite a bit. And we're trying to drain something out that only God can give us. And so that's why it's so important to be filled up before you love up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think uh, I just had a quick thought looking back at Ephesians 5 briefly. As you were reading it, it reminded me that when I was single, um, there was a point where I knew that it, it, I, I just being a single guy, I was like, I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to get married. But deep down, I knew that I wasn't ready because when I read the scripture that says, uh, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. I knew that that required death essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And death to self. And I knew that in that moment, I was in, in that season of my life, I was way too selfish mm -hmm. to enter into the, in any kind of relationship. Yeah. And if any scripture scared me out of getting married, it was that, Is that right? it was that scripture. Yeah. Single Jason was crying out for his oh, life man. and survival. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I just remember reading it and thinking that's too hard. Mm. That, it, and yeah. by the way, I read it now and think of you course. just said it and of I felt course. convicted. You know well, I mean? we, we were so young when we got married, we didn't even know to be worried about that. Yes. And so we've basically grown up together. Yeah, sure. that's right. It. That's right. Yeah. 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 Which is an important dynamic we'll get to, but just the patience with the process. And I think I want to encourage everybody. We, we, we definitely have not had a perfect marriage and, and, and we want to encourage people that their spouse, I think that the enemy hits people sometimes thinking you've made a mistake. You know, you go, a time goes by and you're like, wow, what if I'd had this kind of personality mm -hmm. to live with me or that kind of whatever. And so that's really common. I want everybody to encourage and that you begin to embrace by faith, the covenant, you're not obeying, only obeying the covenant you're doing that you've committed, but mm -hmm. that you're receiving by faith, the sovereign purpose of God putting you with that specific person. Mm -hmm. 
Because you know what I mean? There's the love and the romance, and you're usually in the euphoria pre the marriage. The marriage happens. You're still in that. But then life just hits, and you are who you are. And then the accuser of the brethren comes in, makes a little of her failure, your failure, and just some frustration. And then you, the thought begins to go, oh, my, my, did I... You know, should I, what would it have been like to, you know, and I just think, right. Yeah. And I just want to yeah. encourage people. That's pretty common, but you fight that not by just gritting your teeth, but by uh, a, a repentance, a changing of your mind that many are the steps um, of a man or plans of a man, but the Lord directs his steps. Yeah. That God sovereignly put me yeah. with this person and made not a mistake. And so I begin to dig into it by faith and embrace what, where, where I'm at. Yeah. And I would say we've had so many seasons now, you know, we've been married long right. enough. We've yeah. had a lot of seasons. And, um, so I would just, yeah, encourage young wives, wives of any age, actually just to have faith that the seasons will shift and change mm-hmm. as we have faith and we pray and we watch and wait for the atmosphere of our own hearts and our spouse's hearts to, to shift. That's really good. Yeah. It's important to remain self-aware. Yeah. In, in marriage for sure. But, uh, one of the, one of the phrases or one of the statements I've, I've used often surrounding marriage is that marriage is the great sanctifier. Yeah. (laughs) And really, truly it is. Um, it, it's kind of a fiery furnace Yes, and it burns off impurities Mm -hmm. and something that I've realized even in my marriage recently. And I mean, just in, in, in tough times, and let me just tell you, tough times in a marriage, they, they happen and they come and everybody endures them. Yes, exactly. No matter what, it it happens because we still battle this thing called self. Yeah. And when self starts to swell up, Mm -hmm. um, you find yourself in some dark places sometimes. And the Lord has, has shown me places in my heart that have darkness and sin and selfishness that I wasn't aware of pre-marriage. Now I'm not saying that the Lord can't work in your heart in those ways if you're not married, but he's used my marriage to show me some of that ugly Mm. and even just making me aware of it is an act of grace because then he can deal with it. Mm. And so marriage is going to do that. Some of those things are going to pop up and you're going to say, why am I even thinking this way? Like, what is my problem? What is going on? And, and then we present our heart and we lay it bare before the Lord and we say, here it is heal me, deal with this. Mm. Um, and then even sharing that with your spouse, it's, it's hard to do sometimes, but, but just saying, Hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's how I'm feeling about this situation. I don't want to feel this way. The Lord showed me it's wrong. And so I'm submitting myself to him. Can you come alongside me in this so that I can find healing? But it's, it's been amazing to, to see that process yes. happening. And I think what's more change is happening than you even know, because the furnace makes out good purified gold mm-hmm. and something's yeah. transforming. And then you, you discover it later, like, Oh my. And I think we're down the road long enough to go, Oh wow. Endurance and being with it. And what you said to be patient, this season will too pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You go through a season where the, the emotions and whatever or not, you're like, it will pass. We just keep enduring by faith and we keep centered on the Lord. Yeah. And I would say um, it's a sanctifier, but it's also a faith builder if you let it be, mm, you know, it's yeah. a God, are you real or not? Yeah. You know, are you here with she me? She needed a miracle often. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just to stay. You me. know, we want each other to know our, you know, yeah. I want Sam to know and understand me so deeply. And so often he just can't. Mm-hmm. And the Lord knows me completely. Mm-hmm. So it just, it builds my faith is, is what I say true. Yeah. 
can I pray and trust that the Lord is doing these things and know it, or do I have to go after Sam and go after happiness? You know? Yeah. 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 So I know you want to spend some time talking about uh, kingdom um, values for marriage. Yes. And so let's so dive into that. Dive into that. Yeah, yep. good. And so we just tried to, we thought we'd just share some things and these are not in any particular order and neither exhaustive, but we thought we would kind of riff off this and Jason, you jump in, but we, we obviously want to start with being Christ-centered, yeah. that we're like, you know, that Christ has impacted us. It's the most important thing. We're disciples. And so we don't just mean going to church or whatever. We mean really having a culture where the centrality of Christ is important to us, even while we're messy. You know, we may be uh, dealing with the centrality of Christ in repentance or, you know, whatever it is, no, no so, abiding life. So how would you, what would you say to a, a woman who is a disciple and her husband is not or vice versa? How would you... Mm. Um, just what would your counsel be? Yeah, well, that, that. Cr- that Christ is your eternal husband and give yourself to prayer. And um, the scriptures, I believe, say stay with the, the husband unless something, you know, is aberrant and something, you know, the, obviously there's some unless scriptures. he leaves. Yes. Or she leaves. Right, right, right. So we know it can be a hard thing and you long for that fullness of merge, but you trust it. It's again a thing of faith, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That you're in a desert, you're in a place where you need a miracle and a supply day by day. And so we, I would first offer sympathy and empathy about it, but also saying there's actually a treasure in it because yeah. Christ is waiting on so many people to receive him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an accelerator to the reality. That's right. That's of right. Your future. Yeah. Sorry, no. So we, we, we fight with having, I mean, fight for having Christ be first. I know that seems so basic, but in a real and genuine way that we're working it out and that works out in some of these other principles. I, I would say too, having, um, and I want to be how I say this, but having a prophetic vision um, we talk about this so many times. We love this verse, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Without a prophetic revelation, the people cast off restraint. Mm-hmm. Without a vision, the people perish. But that's the, that's how it's said. It's I think it's mostly known as without a vision, the people perish. But right. But yeah. it's without a prophetic revelation. Mm. In the ESV, they cast off restraint or are unrestrained. Mm-hmm. And there's a restraint that's needed for loyalty and endurance right. that I think is fueled by a prophetic vision of scripturally Christ in the church. And then uniquely the sovereign purpose of God in my life that he has me in this place. And so if I'm fueling from and having faith, I can, then the barrage of questioning from the enemy and frustrations are sedated, if not disempowered, because I'm like, even I don't need stuff by sight to make sense. I'm walking by faith in this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And so having a vision for your marriage and yeah. asking yeah. the Lord for it, if you don't have it. Yeah. Did in the big macro sense and then the micro sense of who we are. Mm-hmm. So I had a vision for Amy being, or, you know, my wife, I had tried to get married since I was in fifth grade. <laughs> I don't know what my deal was. I didn't want to date around. I tell the story. I didn't want to date around. I just wanted the one. Right. And kept trying to find the one. Uh-huh. Thought I had the one that introduced me to the one. And yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, but then the Lord so profoundly breaks in and confirms with us that, um, that we are to be together and by his presence at times and in our spirits. And it was just a, a wonderful process. And so I can always recount back to that of how the Lord moved yeah. and draw strength from that. Yeah. Amen. So can you help me wrap some practicality around being Christ centered? Yes. It, I mean, it, I know it's a heart issue, mm-hmm. but what's the practicality? Like, well, um, one thing that came to mind, this isn't 
I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but, um, you know, talking about the season thing, I'll try and say this as gently as possible. I, um, I remember a time that I just truly felt attacked, um, about my heart towards Sam. I couldn't even tell you why. I just remember I didn't, I didn't want to be around him. I, his, (laughs) it's hard to believe, you know, I, I just, I would rather do something else. And so immediately I know that's off, you know, something's off here. Mm -hmm. And so because of that vision, I just start literally staring. I don't think I've ever told Sam the story exactly. So hello. Uh Um, I just start staring at him and looking at him and extra start praying into that. She does it all the time anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I know this is wrong. So Lord renew my heart. Something's wrong here. Whatever's off, get it right. Mm -hmm. Because you're in the center of this and, and, and so therefore my heart should be lining up with that. Yeah. And it's, it, that brought us into a really fun season and he didn't even know why. And so, mm-hmm. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, thanks a yeah. lot. That's awesome. I'm glad you got to liking <laughs> so me again. The, so yep. the practicality is stare at your spouse. Yes. To, yeah. Well, when you tend to want to turn away, sure, I understand. you know, and you don't have a, you know, you don't have an abuse going on or something. It's just some war in your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just. Don't leave. Stay in that furnace. Keep looking and praying and believing. And you were probably looking to Christ more. I was. At that time. But I was also looking at you. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Through him. Yeah. And and I think, so maybe an instance for me, you're saying, so Christ-centered marriage, and I think we all agree as believers, yeah, I want a Christ-centered marriage. But then you said even having a prophetic vision. And so when my wife and I, uh, I won't get into it much of our story, but it was, uh, the Lord speaking to her two years before we got married mm. that she was going to marry me and I had no idea. And then she had to wait on me to stop mm. being an idiot mm. <laughs> and finally wise up to the deal. <laughs> um, she ended up having to, or the Lord spoke to her to finally tell me. And I, I kind of knew, yeah, okay, this is, this is what the Lord desires. But we had so much conversation pre-marriage about, uh, how the Lord was going to use our marriage. And we knew that it wasn't specifically about us just being married, but um, living in the kingdom, being on mission hmm. and, and doing something greater. So even just the, even just the statement or the understanding that God was uh, wanting to use us as a couple uh, to do something great in the kingdom yeah. mm-hmm. to bring that forward that we go back to that. I mean, there's times where we've, we've, uh, I say we have discussions, but there are times we argue <laughs> yeah, and uh, it moves from discussion to argument. And then we just, it, you know, Kim is usually the one that will say back to me, you know, this isn't what, this isn't why the Lord put us together. It's Satan's trying to keep us away mm-hmm. from fulfilling, mm-hmm. fulfilling what he wants us to fulfill together. And at that point in time, I have to say, you're right. And then uh, we move into prayer, which is another thing you guys want to talk yes. about. Yeah, but good. we move into prayer and we say, okay, Lord, you, you did, the, you did this God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you amen. gave me this woman. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. right. Um, and, and there's something greater. And so father, just help our hearts come yeah, into line that's and help us, great. you know, we move forward in that, but it's always going back to that. There's something greater to come out of this. Yeah. And like you said, when you, you know, when it's off mm-hmm. and you kind of have to press into that and, and yeah. submit it to the Lord. That's really good. Do you have a story about me? You can do. You I will. Oh, I've got a few things okay. coming. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, but the prayer thing is such a great thing for you praying like that. That's great. And we've tried to make a discipline. I don't know. We don't pray every day. We're not even big on couples devotions. I, I, I'm sure that's good. We should, 
I, it's probably part of my independence. <laughs> so I've got my Bible and we're, we, we read it and then we pray. And well, why um, do you think you struggle so much? Yeah, exactly a couple's right. devotion. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> but we have tried to have prayer. And I don't know if you've ever heard that. The IMB did a little study on couples that pray together. And the divorce rate in the normal uh, world is one, one out of two. But it's one out of 1,000 or some crazy 100,000. One out of 100,000 that marriages uh, split if they among couples that pray together. I mean, it's just like off the chart if they were actually doing, they did some kind of study about that thing. So we, we've always, yeah. So we tried to pray and keep that spiritual connection, gifting and knowing each other after the spirit. That's kind of an important thing of knowing each other's gifts and seeing each other according to that. Cause I'm, we're not opposites. It's like, I don't know, that's not a great phrase to use about um, giftings, but I'm teacher leader with a prophetic flair, extra, you know, whatever. And then Amy is, I'm, mercy encouragement and yeah. leader if i have to yes right so a i little, thought she was gonna say leader of the household leader, oh, i yeah, know i thought that's go. what i was going that to sounds yeah. better but uh yeah so we've had those differences you know yeah. what i mean and and i think it's interesting because probably um amy can see men who are more mercy encouragement and go wow i get that you know sometimes more than i get because i'm the same thing with ladies that are leader teacher you know what i yeah. mean i'm like oh. mm-hmm. and you know so you go through that process okay, when you say oh. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> let me clarify my Let's oh. clarify that my now. clarifying is that there's just like you speak the same language you, you sequentially think sense. the same because you process the kingdom mm-hmm. the same but the differences make a bigger jesus in that but you've got to work right. through that yeah because mercy encouragement people are more touchy-feely kind of you know what i mean and yeah. they they feel and touch that emotion i'm more vision clear and can get frustrated if that's not Amy doesn't yeah. process that way. Yeah, just recently we were getting so much better at, you know, yeah. utilizing that gift in each other. And um, so I'm doing this homeschool co-op and I'm leading it and it can all become a big mosh pit of thoughts in my brain. And I realized I can come to Sam and he can serve me with his gifts of leadership. Mm. And I realized you think in outline and I think in a big pile yeah. and it's such a gift that huh. we have each other. Yeah. She's thinking about separate. this organization, this thing. And she's like, looks at me and goes, so you just see this all sequentially, sequentially. It just comes together. I'm like, yeah, that's how my brain works, you know, right. but hers doesn't work that way. And so yeah. I, which shocks me, I'm like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. And so yeah. anyway, it's like Jordan surprised that, you know, little white guys can't dunk or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible metaphor, but I just, they made to- a movie called <laughs> white men can't jump. So I think, right. I think that's okay. Yeah, but you know, you like start judging from your skill set. Yeah, you right. know, and it's like it gets a little weird. No, I, th- I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said it's not necessarily opposites, but right. it's a it's a different gifting, and you get a you get a greater picture of Christ at work mm-hmm. yeah. when you know your giftings, and then you allow your spouse to function in that, yeah. and then also you know how to partner beside them in that yeah. as well. Yeah. That's a big deal. So we're mission together. We're, we're we love to mission, um, and that's been pretty easy because I'm I'm a high high value high call mission and not higher than anybody else. But I just think people that maybe work secular jobs, if there's somebody both working secular jobs, you, you got to have clarity about your mission and then your mission together, you know, and that kind of keeps you on a higher plane than just maybe living the American dream or trying to 
collect some toys. You know what I mean? To me, that gets a little shaky and you can get cranky. But if you're on mission together, then you're making decisions in that in that framework. Couch time has been a thing. We stole that, I think. Is that from Growing Kids God's yep. Way? Yep. Yeah. So that's We were it. doing it before. We just didn't that's call right. it that. We, yeah. And we literally would sit on couches. Yeah. But, so, but we feel like they stole that from us. We should have got that copyrighted. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, so they start talking about that time where you are making that intentional time. And we'll talk about this in the child training one too, but we want our kids to see us doing that. That means yeah. a regular discipline <clears throat> daily time, morning, noon, or evening to where we are making a heart connect. Yeah. On the couch. On the couch. Yeah. We and we have, we feel liberty. We're not legalistic. Sometimes we sit on stools and on <laughs> carpets and on beds. And it works the same? It does. It's not as anointed, but it is pretty, it still works. It's still so, fruitful. Yeah, it's still yeah. fruitful. Yeah, maybe it's, not a hundredfold, fifty fold. Right, that's and the right. The couch can oh. be red or blue or any color. Exactly. That's right. It <laughs> Freedom can, in yeah. Christ. And that was a, kind of an inappropriate thing yeah. she just said. But anyway, it's secret, kind of a private joke. So uh, <laughs> couch time, but we do have that discipline heart connect, I think, on a regular basis. And so um, patience in the process of continued growing just that we said this before but you know don't sweat it don't stress it don't ease down and it's not like i think sometimes people even listen to podcasts like this i'm gonna get the seven keys to do whatever right and i'm like it's an organic process it's gonna take some time it will take time Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. worth the time to be patient yeah pray about whether you're supposed to bear it or whether you're supposed to go to your brother or sister for help talking through it whether it's about them or you or whatever it is there's a time for both yeah yeah that's exactly right it's good yeah so uh just lastly um you know just i think remembering that the end game of this is is eternal dwelling as brother and sister and so we're doing this temporary deal um and i don't mean this like hey you're gonna get out of it eventually <laughs> but i mean it is like you know reality is this is a temporary yeah arrangement. and it's also an interesting dynamic to see view your spouse as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. That's really interesting yeah. to consider. And to make it maybe the one that's the prominent one because it eternally exists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The husband-wife thing is going to fade away, and we try to pour so much into that, and the world pours so much, and then the fails at right. it. And right. I'm like, wow, what if, if your brother's sister, then we're also doing this other thing. And so anyway, it's wonderful. I, were you going to mention something else, or is that good? Um, no, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, so the, the thing that's kind of been burning in my brain as we've been sitting here, I just, I, I want to ask Amy, um, what, what would you say, um, and kind of in the framework framework of maybe what's one of the greatest lessons you've learned in marriage or about marriage and, and what would you say to, um, either people who are considering getting married or even engaged to get married. And then those who are already in marriage. I mean, it just, it, it, I, I, I sense that you're very wise. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think you have some wisdom in you and I, and I want to pull that, that nugget of gold out of you while we're here. Mm. Well, I think, uh, the main thing I've learned, one of the main things is that only, only Jesus does satisfy my heart. And, um, um, I was thinking that, um, you know, sometimes I want Sam to behave a different way. And we were talking about this. And so him behaving the way that I think would make my life easier can be a gift and him not behaving that way can be a gift. That's huge. And so no matter what you're being dealt 
take it as the gift as it's meant to be. So if he like, for instance, is just became like super encourager guy, you know, words of affirmation. If that became really easy for him, which that is more difficult for him. And he yeah. has all of the reasons why that is. And, and is it that what doesn't come natural for him is your love language? Uh, yes, absolutely. That always is that what you guys find too? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like almost polar opposites. Yeah, it's amazing. But what a gift for me mm-hmm. to go to the to the well and it revealed I have this huge issue of insecurity. And so, you know, whether he is giving me that or not, God is meeting my need and revealing the fact of he's the one that builds me up. He's the one revealing who I am. So then if Sam does affirm me, I can receive that as just an affirmation of what I'm already knowing, what mm-hmm. I'm already hearing. So I'm not saying this completely as clear as I would like. I would just, I'm just saying whether it's ideal or not ideal, mm-hmm. God is using it for your good. Right. And that's the service of marriage in my opinion. So we, me being strong or passionate or whatever when I don't see that I see it as weakness and then it Mm -hmm. it hits me at the respect level Mm -hmm. and that's been a struggle with with Amy for me you know Mm -hmm. what I mean is having that oh my gosh why are you nervous and caring about what people think why are you you know it looks like weakness to me and that begins to so and and I just was thinking about that because I think a lot of couples do that I think a lot of couples see the area that, you know, they're decently strong in. they don't see it in the other one. And they're like weakness, I got to fix it or it's got to change for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. Yeah. I think the phrase, I wish they would just, yes. is deep red, red flags. That's red, right. Yeah. And in the, in the sense that I'm now placing some sort of expectation on my wife that is qualifying her for my love mm-hmm. and Christ has no qualifier right for loving yeah. us so yeah. the gift of the gift of really letting the Lord work in those mm-hmm. things is um, I feel like the stronger I get the better eyes I have for Sam mm-hmm. I understand him or I see him more completely because mm-hmm. I'm not just blinded by that that thing I'm trying to get the Lord reveals another part of him that I wouldn't have seen. Yeah, because it's a weird cycle, though. When I see you hungry to get it, then I want to less do it with a rebellion or whatever. It does yeah. something oh, it's, in me. It's rebellion. It's rebellion. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, <laughs> I think that cycle happens in a lot of people's relationships. Yeah. They start feeding on that mm. weakness, and then it turns into this thing that gets really out of control, and you've lost Jesus completely as your life. You yeah. Know? yeah. So, yeah. No, that that's huge. I just want to reiterate that, that whether or not the situation is ideal, mm-hmm. it is still a gift from God. Yes. And I, and I, I've taught on this, but I think we have a, a utopian I, idealistic desire. We want everything to be perfect all the time. No pain, Hollywood. no conflict, mm-hmm. right? Hollywood. Yeah. And, uh, when things don't fit that, uh, vision, yeah. worldly selfish vision of what we have for our marriage or for our spouse or whatever it is, uh, we tend to get upset and then we want to try and change the situation. And then we're trying to change our spouse and their behavior. Yeah. So then we get into behavior modification. We get into, <laughs> to placing law oh, and yeah. expectation. It just gets messy. Control, manipulation, <laughs> fear, but, and nothing good. But if we use those, those, yeah. that rub in us yes. to kind of be the signifier mm-hmm. that, uh, the Lord is wanting to do something.
something in that situation yes. in our heart. Yeah. In that pressure moment, we're waiting and we're calling out to the Lord. And then our heart expands because he's opening it up and there's more room for him. If mm. we'll wait in that tension moment. Yeah. yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. I just say, lastly, uh, there is no perfect marriage. There's a perfect Christ. And perfect word, you know, the words of God are perfect and perfection's coming and be able to embrace the groan, the ache and all the joys. Cause we're, we're kind of trying to hit some of the stuff to be sympathetic to people in struggles, but sure. Honestly, I would say then it's 90% or, you know, it's just all, it's really good. Yeah. And there's so many wonderful, wonderful benefits. And so just hang on, be patient and remember what age you're in. Eternal bliss is coming. <laughs> Enjoy the little pieces of first fruits that we get right now. Yeah, and list your benefits. Speak yes. of your benefits. Yeah, be thankful in every circumstance. Yep. That's good. Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, Sam. You Love fun. you guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You can listen online, disciplenations.net slash podcast as well. Uh, we'll post it on Facebook, share it out, let people know. I'm sure you know uh, plenty of people who could glean from the wisdom that flowed forth from us casting our pods today. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you.